0: Hey everyone, it's Robert Poole. Have you ever gotten to the close in a selling situation only to run into a brick wall, even though you felt like you had an irresistible offer and the prospect really didn't have any reason not to go forward? Well, there's one super important aspect in marketing and selling that has to be done before we can close the deal. Let's talk about it. Do you have a small business that sells to other businesses? If so, you probably know that there are plenty of resources for companies that market to consumers or companies that sell to large and Fortune 500 type of companies. But what about the small businesses in the middle who sell to other companies? Where do we go to get answers? How do we grow our company consistently while still keeping our sanity? That's the question and this podcast is the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who are willing to settle for just a nine to five job. You're one of the heroes in our society and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hey everyone, I hope you're having an awesome day. In the last episode, we talked about how we can take advantage of one of Hollywood's greatest marketing strategies and implement it into our own business to explode our growth. In this episode, we're going to talk about a critical part of sales and marketing that we as entrepreneurs and salespeople sometimes overlook and then wonder why our prospects aren't buying. And that crucial aspect is the concept of identity. You know, identity is one of the most powerful attributes we have as humans and probably more influential in our daily lives and even our belief systems. But before we get into identity, let me kind of give you my perspective on some definitions so that we're on the same page and you can understand why I'm saying what I am about identity. Like everything in life, context matters. So in general, I like to break things down to their most simplistic formulas, frameworks and processes. I mean, I think too often we tend to make things in life uh, way too complicated and definitely in business. I think somehow we figured, well, you know, it can't be that simple and if it is somehow it's you know, we're not sophisticated entrepreneurs or, you know, we're not uh, creating something of value, that sort of thing. I mean, I know because I've fallen into that trap many times in my career. Basically, you know, we're looking at implementing, you know, a solution in our business, but, you know, I almost felt guilty for such a simple solution because I wanted to add things to it, which, you know, did nothing but make it more complicated. But, you know, then I could feel like I accomplished some complex problem. I think, you know, those of us entrepreneurs in the B2B world are especially vulnerable to this as you know, we feel like we need to have some kind of fancy process for businesses that is, you know, it's much more complicated than dealing with consumers. In our mind, you know, boy, you know, the ego can cost you a lot of money and frustration in business. Anyway, that's kind of a side rant. But let's get back to the definitions. You know, I think about sales and marketing it really in terms of the old sales and marketing process of hook, story, and close, or hook, story, and offer. So the hook, in my mind, is the thing that gets the attention of a prospect. You know, if it's an ad on TV, it's something that makes you suddenly pay attention because it's, you know, it's weird or it's funny or strange somehow, you know, an online advertising, it may be a funny graphic or some strange wording, whatever it is, it's just something that gets you out of where you were going mentally and stop and, and gets your focus and attention on the ad or, or whatever it is that's coming at you. And, you know, the story is uh, where you get the prospect to start thinking about a subject that you want them to think about related to your product usually. You know, maybe an analogy or a story you tell that the prospect can relate to. You know, if you're selling an IT product, you might tell a quick story about Bob who had some of the same frustrations that you know your prospect probably has about the, the problem that you're trying to solve. You know, so Bob was having problems with his security and he'd been hacked, but he found a solution to prevent that and make him secure in the future. You know, of course, that solution happens to be the one that you're selling. But the point is you're telling them in a roundabout way that you understand their problem and you can help them solve it. And then the final stage of marketing and selling is when you make that offer of your product or service, or you go for the close, you know, at this point, the prospects will identify their problems by relating to the story and most likely be excited that there might be a solution because, you know, Bob figured it out. So maybe they can too. And so all you have to do is show them that you have a great solution to that problem and then help them to act right now by giving them the logic they need to justify it in their minds and then build in, of course, some kind of urgency to get them to take action. So hook, story, close. It's as simple as that. You know, we try to make the selling process much more complicated than that by telling ourselves, you know, we have to have big, long processes with all these boxes being checked and turn it into some kind of fancy system of sales that really doesn't help us, you know, or the prospect for that matter. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're working on a deal that is millions of dollars and takes back and forth negotiation between decision makers, you know, you're not going to close it in one sitting. However, if you use these three major stages and just fill in the details under each stage, you'll have success. If you look at your process and it's not uh, accomplishing all three of these stages, what it's supposed to, then you need to go back to that stage and figure out uh, what you need to be doing in the meantime to kind of fix that. So, you know, if you make it too complicated, though, you're going to lose track of what you're trying to do and likely make it much more difficult to close a deal. Okay, so that's a lot on hook, story, and close. But, you know, it's important that we understand the process when it comes to identity. So what does this have to do with identity? Identity is what drives most of our actions as humans. For instance, if you see yourself as a conservative person who doesn't like a lot of risk-taking and uncertainty, that's an identity that affects all aspects of your life, including your business decisions. You know, for instance, if you believe cold calling is you know the most effective way to reach decision-makers, you're probably not going to do it if you're a conservative person because, you know, even though this you believe this, your core identity says you're a conservative person who doesn't want to take the risk of rejection and the uncertainty of each call. If, on the other hand, you view yourself as an aggressive go-getter who will stop at nothing to get your message out to prospects because you really believe the solution will help them, are you more likely to make those cold calls? Most definitely. So, how does this p- apply when marketing and selling? Well, since we all have identities that we hold dear, if we have an identity that is counter to what you're selling or the solution you provide, Unless we help the prospect to shift that identity to an identity that uses and values our product and service, good luck getting them to sign on with you. I mean, if they don't see themselves as the type of person who buys enterprise CRM software and thinks, well, you know, they're more of a let's build it ourselves type of person, you know, you're going to have a tough time selling them unless you shift that identity to a CRM buyer. You know, real life example of this, uh, you know, it's small, but uh, I think it you know, illustrates the point. You know, I've always been a sort of a PC Windows person. Uh, You know, I know very little about Macs or Apple products in general. You know, I think the only Apple product I've used in the past was in second grade when the school had Apple IIe's computers in in the class, if you're old enough to remember that. And, you know, it's one of my core identities when it comes to computer products. So when smartphones, smartphones started coming out, um, you know, I went towards Android and Microsoft-based phones as, you know, that was closer to my identity of, of a PC user. It didn't matter that over the years, you know, apples become more and more common, particularly in the creative and marketing fields, and iPhones are very popular. But I never considered one as I was, quote, an Android user. And so, what's a little surprising is that last week I bought an iPhone, and that took an identity shift. So, what happened? Well, a couple things. First, I, I realized that an app I really wanted to try out, Clubhouse, which is, you know, currently all the rage right now as of this recording, uh, but it's only available on iPhones. So. That was kind of a hook that stopped me in my tracks. You know, it made me pay attention to the idea of a change. You know, hook doesn't always have to be a you know weird ad or something. Sometimes it's just a way of getting a prospect to stop and think. So now that I stopped to think about it, what happened next? You know, if you go by my thought of hook story close, you know the next is story. Well, I didn't have an individual trying to sell me and tell me a story, but you know, at that point my mind started recalling all the people I know who have iPhones in business and how many times they're referenced and how they talked about the features that I didn't have, and so on. So I kind of literally created the story in my head by visualizing these people I know and what I saw them do and talk about. So what was happening here? I was stopped in my pattern or thinking about my identity to consider something I hadn't before. Then I started going through the story in my head and started to unravel that set-in-stone identity that was I was a PC or an Android user. You know, I started to say, well, what if I did get an iPhone? Maybe I could change and, you know, it'd be pleasurable and avoid the pain of missing out on some things. You know, my identity started to shift. You know, first, my my current identity had to start getting holes poked in it and break it down so that I started to be open to the idea of changing. So that's the story portion. And of course, next, we need the clothes, which is logical reasons to buy and then urgency. Since, you know, I started to be open to the idea, I was just messing around and went to the Verizon store, you know, where I currently have my Android service through. Uh, And started looking at iPhones, you know, just kind of wondering what they cost and that sort of thing, you know, just for possibilities. Of course, you know they're expensive, like any smartphone, you know, nine hundred thousand bucks, you know, for the mid-range ones, and that's a lot of money and hard to justify, you know, just so I could get on Clubhouse or some other app or get a couple of features that I'd seen other talk about. Um, So, regardless of the the hook and the story, but how did you know Apple or Verizon, in this case, get me over the hump and this fear that I had? Well, they gave me logic. They were offering a promotion where you buy one iPhone for, you know, about a thousand dollars or so and get a second one free. All you have to do is pay for the new line. You know, and what's comical in my mind is that the logic of saving a thousand dollars was all the excuses, excuse I needed to justify, even though I had no idea what I was going to do with a second iPhone, but it didn't matter. In fact, you know, I'm still debating what to do with. So they justified the purchase with logic. And, you know, the final step in closing, of course, is urgency. You know, the sale, you know, Was only until X date, whatever, three weeks from now or whatever it was. And so they used fear of loss on me as urgency to get me to pull the trigger and buy it. So here I am a a week later after buying this. I've played with the iPhone a little and plan to use it, you know, at this point just for business purposes. But, you know, what really happened? Apple broke my old identity of an Android user and started to make a shift to identify as an Apple user. Am I completely shifted to that new identity? No. But I am shifting towards it, which will help you know open the opportunity for Apple to sell me other stuff. So again, what's this episode all about, and you know what's the point? Well, whenever we're selling our products or services, we have to understand where our prospects are, what their most likely identity is, and figure out a way to break that old identity to start considering new options and new identities like the users, users of our solution. You know, marketing is all about focusing on helping the prospect break that old identity and starting to shift to a new one that values our solutions. At that point, selling becomes infinitely easier to do. So I would really challenge you to think about you know, what identity most of your prospects have you know, related to your product and how you can help them shift that identity to be a user of your solution. Not always an easy process to figure out, but it's definitely worth the effort in the long run. I hope this was helpful. Have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform and give me your honest feedback. Also, I put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years owning a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com.